Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about Dune. Dune. Right. But before we get into Dune, Aaron, we got some feedback from the last episode. Okay, let's hear it, man. This comes in from a guy on Twitter called The Fuzzy Gamer. Uh-oh. Okay. okay. Good name. Yeah. He said, I wanted to thank you for your podcast. You guys have helped me through a very hard time. My oh, father, no. My father passed away this Christmas, and listening to your podcast has helped me rekindle and reconnect with my childhood memories of using the Amiga with him. He says, I'm still trying to catch up the latest episode. I've started at the beginning. I'm almost at episode 50. Just wait till episode 50. That's a barn burn. Wow. Uh, show is super fun. You guys have great chemistry. So thank you, The Fuzzy Gamer. Oh, Very man, nice that's of great. you. I'm sorry yeah. about your day. Absolutely. That's, that's tough. But hey, keep on trucking. They get better after about 10. <laughs> get better. I'm still waiting for it to get good. <laughs> I didn't say that much better. <laughs> what do you got, Aaron? Um, just, I meant to stick this in the last show, but I'm going to stick it in now. So if you'll recall... Uh, a few episodes back, we did the Supercar series, mm-hmm. which is still playing them, by the way. Great, you know, great, simple to get into game. Uh, you'll recall that I mentioned Supercars 3, which is sort of a hodgepodge, uh, updated version of Supercars for the, that was made for DOS. It was a, a, sort of like a hack job. Uh, and so I reached out to the fellow that actually did the hack job, which his name was Jean-Francois Fabre. I think Ooh. I'm pronouncing that right. And he actually got back with me. Uh, and basically, I asked him just a few basic questions about the game. And I'll, basically, what he said, first of all, he thanked, he thanked me for it right. And he, he said, nice workbench t-shirt, which I like that. He said, the game is running properly. And he says, it could be better, the physics, the enemy AI, but it's still okay. He says he'd like to add more circuits, but it's difficult not to redo what's already been done. And he's not a, a graphics guy. So he just copies blocks of existing circuits to make new ones. Um, he said bad blo- uh, bugs uh, were in the previous version, but they got them ironed out, which that's the version that we're playing now. Uh, and in the old one, he said it would forget that you completed a lap. Oh. So that, would be, that was a bad bug. Um, the, uh, he says next time he's going, to, uh, he's going to use the same system, just update it. But he... But he uh, there's possible that he may do more work on Supercars 3 at some point. He didn't guarantee it, but you never know. He also said he's a big Amiga guy, and he and he loves remakes. And I mentioned to him about the Killer B, uh, you know, reimagining on the Amiga, and he was he's going to look into that. And he's a big uh, Odyssey 2 fan as oh, well. So he's our kind of guy. Absolutely. So thanks for getting back to me, uh, sir, uh, Jean Francois. <laughs> we appreciate it. And like I said, I was a big fan of his. Uh, his uh, turn on Supercars 3, and wouldn't mind seeing him update. Really, the one thing I'd like to see updated is the weird whipping collision detection issue. Aside mm-hmm. from that, I think it's a pretty solid game. So, awesome. Thank you very much. Um, and we got one more piece of feedback from Treyguard1982, Treyguard, here in the chat with us as we speak. Uh, he says, uh, this is in reference to our Wing Commander episode. He says, I didn't realize for years of playing that I could press A for autopilot yes. and skip a lot of the flying between nav points. I didn't know that either. Yes. Um, and he says, I'm sure that I read the Amiga version was more difficult. I'm unsure, though, if that's as a result of the really low frame rate. Well, <laughs> yes. If you uh, Just to mention it now, I did a, uh, a video on Wing Commander on the standard stock Amiga 600. And with no added memory, no added anything, it's used the Amiga and the GoTech, and recorded about a half hour of footage, and it was it was mind meltingly slow. <laughs> you knew right away as soon as the game loaded, and you saw those first initial fighters fly, that fly to the screen, and the the tile comes up. You're like, I'm doomed, yeah. and it was. And so the fact that this was released for sale, and it didn't say you can't run this. Mm-hmm. Is a, is a criminal, <laughs> and it reminded me of my old PC days. 
because if you're an Amiga guy, in the old PC days, it's sort of like the Amiga is now. There was always a jerk next door that had a better system than you, so you'd play a gamer at his house, then you'd bring it home to your house, and it would be sludgy and crazy. What's, and what's something on the PC that, that comes to mind immediately that was like that? Wing Commander. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, it was one. That, I mean, the PC, they did a better job of locking you out if mm -hmm. you didn't have the hardware to play it a lot of times, but I mean... I'm I mean, sure any kind of a flight sim. I'll tell you, Battle Chess is one that comes to mind. I mean, it, it didn't take much to run Battle Chess, but I had a system so slow that the little battles, the pieces would have would just take like 10 minutes, just like, oh, this is horrible. Anything you can see, the the screen redraw, mm -hmm. That's you know, you're, you're boned yeah. on that. Yeah. So, yeah, but it took me back. It took me back. But, yeah, Wing Commander was a lot of fun. And if you've got a, uh, an Amiga that can, that can handle it, you're in business. It yeah. was a good version. So anyway, we're always looking for uh, feedback. So if you have a message for us, you can either send it to us at Amigos at AmigosPodcast.com or leave a message on the YouTube comments. Right on. Want to right hear on, from man. All right, Aaron. It's time to talk about what's new this week All in right. the world of Amiga news. Let me open up the Gambletron 5000 here. So not a ton of news this week, but some. So right out of the gate, let's talk Amy Berry. Let's talk um, about it. What do you know about Amy Berry? We've talked covered it before. The... Uh, Raspberry Pi uh, Amiga emulation solution. Uh, have you have you gotten to try this yet at all? Um, I have not. Uh, th is this something that uh, the didn't you compile an Amy Berry thing on a Raspberry Pi at some point? I in the did, past? and it, it is it's it's pretty darn good, and uh, it's now gotten better. Um, uh, a, a few days ago, they released a, a new version that is supposedly offers huge. Huge speed improvements. Amy Berry irritated me because of the interface, but it's gotten better. You know, they've it's everything about it is better. Um, this is a great solution if you're cheap and you can't get an Amiga or afford an Amiga, or there's not one readily available. This is a great cheap alternative. It mm -hmm. really is. And I, when I say cheap, I'm the cheapest dude in town, and Boat knows that. I'll pinch a penny. And so, if you can uh, spring for the what thirty bucks it costs to get a pie, and then put, get your SD card of any size, stick in there, and this, and you're in business. Mm -hmm. You're in business. HDMI, Amiga, you know, stereo, glory. It's nice. It runs real well. I've tried a ton of stuff on them. Compatibility's good. I mean, let's face facts. On an actual Amiga, the compatibility is only fair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Between machines, <laughs> we know all about so, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, and God, try to get HDMI out of one on a on a on a shoestring budget. We know about that too. Mm -hmm. Impossible. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this is a good alternative, and if it's a, it's certainly worth a look. Yeah. And if you're into that sort of thing, you definitely want to pick it up. So, next on the docket, uh, our good buddy from YouTube. Transor Z, what a name! Uh, linked me up with a uh, look at the new Heroes of Gorluth gameplay footage. It's very short gameplay footage, <laughs> but it is. It looks pretty interesting. It, uh, they did a good job on it. Uh, I like the uh, the uh, run mm -hmm. uh, on it. Your it, character moves very, you know, very smoothly. It's kind of it reminds me of Symphony of the Night, sort of. He reminds me of a guy that's had too much coffee. Absolutely. I mean, he he literally ever you ever get that feeling where you're idling like a car? Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when I used to work at Lexmark, we'd everybody would be we'd, we'd take these mini thins. They're legal over the counter, like speed, basically. Mm -hmm. And I'd look across, I would survey all my workers, and they'd be like. In a car, like shaking, like I mean, they'd be like, they're ready to go, and I was like, man, we're gonna get a lot of work done tonight. It just won't be good, but it will, <laughs> we will get something done. Um, so uh, let's get back to. We've mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Uh, the uh, they are they have gone to work on the uh, Bamiga Sector One Amiga collection, and they have uh, again. This is that huge collection we were talking about. We mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I, I guess they've uploaded more goodies because I, I heard I, I saw a lot of people talking about this. There's a picture that accompanies this of like I don't know 18 kabillion, uh, like it looks almost like a postal shelf, right? Like a zillion discs in it, and yeah. then discs stacked up on top of that. Anyone would be proud to own this collection boat, and it can be yours. All you have to do is get online and download till your heart's content. Of course, uh, certain legalities may apply. Now, let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, but uh, they're there, mm -hmm. and someone's just literally ripping these and uploading them, a zillion of them. So, kind of neat, if that's your bag. Uh, and it, you know, it's my bag sometimes. Um, so, let's talk about Zuriax. All right, Zuriax, pretty interesting name. It's a game 
rescued from the never released pile. Uh, it's an interesting tale behind this game too uh, that uh, that they found. I got this off Indie Retro News, our good and dear friends over there. It's sort of an R-type Gradius kind of gimmick. Um, it just never got released. Uh, it, there was never a fully working uh, version of it, but I guess someone went back and went through and fixed everything. Uh, and uh, it was a game that was put out by the Wiz Kids, which I've, I've not heard of that outfit uh, from back in the day, but uh, it looks pretty good, you know. Uh, you know, we've played a few games like this, and it looks, I mean, this wouldn't stand up with about anything that we've yeah, seen. Yeah, this actually looks it better than a lot of things that it we've almost has a, uh, uh It almost has a, uh, a horizontal Alcani sort of thing I knew you were going to say that. Hey, I'm just saying, it's got the little missiles, it's got the expandable <laughs> I know, ship. I know. Hey, listen, you don't mess with success. Alcon was the ultimate, and <laughs> I love that game. You know, so there you go. What, are you, what are you got a problem with Alcon, buddy? No, no. I'll I jump never, right up. Never. So, and lastly... Oh, actually, not last. I got two more. Um, let's talk about the Commodore story, the film. Mm, yes. Um, this uh, is coming to Amazon, Netflix, and iTunes. I this, cannot wait. This month, Boat. This wow. very month. It could be there right now. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to watching this bad boy. I watched. I've watched many of the uh, of the uh, little trailers. Mm-hmm. It looks like my cup of tea. We've got to get that deck of cards that have all the Commodore stuff on it. Um, there, a lot of it is talking about how Commodore was high, it went down, but now it's back. And by that, I mean us <laughs> and all the other Commodore fans that brought it back, violently dragging it into the future. And that's, that's basically what. We're, I mean, really, the viability of the of the of the C sixty four and the Amiga, it's really going through a. a it's quite. When we started this show, and by the way, we are not taking any credit for this by any stretch. Don't listen, nation. Aaron. We're taking all no. the credit. Before just, Amigos, nobody really cared oh, about yeah. the Amigos. We stumbled, <laughs> we stumbled bass backwards into this uh, renaissance, and we were the luckiest two idiots in a basement mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, it's much like your dragster right. video. It just it's like wow, the timing was great. Uh, but uh, it really got, it gets me excited. You know, uh, I've, gosh, I've said this a million times, but it's great that you can use your computer and you feel like you're all of a sudden you're it's back people are like my friends are talking to me about it they're like oh man you know my buddies that have Atari's and stuff we chat about it. it's like this stuff's coming out mm-hmm. let's you know have you heard of this have you heard of that yeah it's a good thing new games are coming out man it's a very exciting time and this movie looks like it's it's my kind of movie real upbeat mm-hmm. happy happy fun times so right i suggest i mean you can't if it's on netflix there's no reason not to watch it. It says here it's coming to Amazon, so I don't know if that means it's going to be Amazon. Of course, Prime. you know we, we shouldn't forget about all of our people, all of our fans outside the United States that might not have access to Netflix. Well, that's, you know. that's what I'm saying. You've got it's coming to Amazon, so I don't know if it's going to be for sale on Amazon mm-hmm. or if it's going to be part of the Amazon Prime package. Right. But I mean, everyone's got access to iTunes. Right? That's true. That uh, godforsaken mm-hmm. interface. <laughs> but if you're if you're a glutton for punishment, mm-hmm. you can go on iTunes and try to pull this thing down too. So, last thing on the on the uh, news front, uh, our good and dear friends, the Guru Meditation. We love those guys, don't mm-hmm. we, Boat? Yes. Uh, they have a new video, and I'll watch some of this. It was it's uh, entitled "A DIY Projects from Amy Party 21." Look at uh, that! Look at that camera work. These guys. I mean, oh man, they've got this is like a little documentary. I don't even know how you do that. Just like that shot, making things go in and out of focus. You know how you do it? Skills. Yes. Skills that pay the Talent. bills. Yes. You know, I mean, and Bo, you don't don't undersell your own camera work, pal. I mean, we're both in frame, for example. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we can do that, I feel like we've accomplished. I mean, let's something. face facts. We came at this way. You don't have neither one of us have any experience. I mean, no. ever mess with this stuff. But these guys clearly. They've been video toasting. Yeah, they've been they've been look at Amiga Bill there. And jive and look yeah. at look at the eyebrows. Yep. he's a good looking man with a cool hat, <laughs> and he's got a, a a cool chair. What That's are we? True. I mean, our chairs are pretty good though. But I, look at all the, in the back. He's got all the computer stuff going on. I mean, you got to give the guys credit, and they know their stuff too. Yeah. Knowledgeable and entertaining, the perfect combination. So, you should turn us off and turn them <laughs> off. I was just thinking, I should be spokesman for these guys. But seriously, uh, if you want to see some of their cool, the cool DIY stuff, and I looked, I looked at some of this, and it's, as Johnny Carson would say, it's wild, wacky stuff. <laughs> uh, just and these guys are really getting in the nitty gritty of stuff. I didn't know the Amiga didn't do that they wanted it to do. Like, yeah. what are they talking about here? So it's a good, it's a good watch. All right, let's move on to site updates. We have a few site updates. Um, 
Let's kick it off with uh, Dream Ketchup. Another one of the fine men that that labor day in day out for the Amiga community, and he is he's up to it again with an interesting uh, Popeye sort of retrospective. I guess mm-hmm. the only way to put it. Now we've touched on a couple of these Popeye games, <laughs> in, including Popeye Two and Wrestle Crazy. And I've got to say, um, Popeye Two could have been okay, but was actually not good. <laughs> and Wrestle Crazy, I mean, it is straight up hot garbage. And that that continues to astound me because you love Popeye. I you do. love wrestling. I do. You love wrestling games. I was excited for that. And yet, you even did an Amigos Plays of this game, yet you refused to release it. Yes. It's <laughs> like the guy that did The Day the Clown Cried. It's like... <laughs> Jerry Lewis? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you, that is, this is your The Day the Clown Cried. <laughs> hey, ladies! <laughs> You know, yeah, I did a Wrestle Crazy video, and I just couldn't. I did. I was like, "What in God's name's happening?" <laughs> you know, it's a lot like I've had that same feeling a bunch of times this week. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I will say one thing: they thought outside the box a Popeye game with wrestling and aliens. It's like, uh, okay, and it doesn't look bad. When well, you look guess at, what? When you look at stills, you're looks, like, "Boy, that looks, looks all right. can be deceiving." That's true. Also, he goes into like Popeye and its uh, relationship with um, Donkey Kong. Which it's interesting. It's and it's there. You know, it's very. It's very. Uh, Papa was Papa a big deal when you were a kid? Oh yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, they, they still showed. Mr. Cartoon was still a big deal when right. I was a kid. Well, I mean, so. I don't know, but you're you're always talking about how old I am, but you're not super young. No, yourself. I mean, this it wasn't prime time like it was when you were a kid. You uh-huh. know, Do you like spinach, by the way? I like raw spinach, but I cannot stomach the cooked stuff. I like yeah. canned spinach, not for me. I, uh, I like a little baby spinach salad. I think spinach should be burned. I, not a big I could not I, believe I, that you don't like a vegetable. <laughs> I like vegetables deep fried with a breading. That's all, that's all I want. Moving on. Smart butt. <laughs> Another dream catch a joint. This time, Waking Up the Neighbors, the Paperboy saga. Have you, mm. have you looked through this? I did. I have looked at this. Paperboy is one of my all-time favorite games. Uh, on the arcade, on the Nintendo, even on the the Amiga, got a pretty good port, I think, of Paperboy. It so did. Um, I was I was all about reading Dreamcatcher's look at this. Now, of course, Dreamcatcher, you know, he starts things off <laughs> with, um, you know, I, I don't even know. The next best thing the Dreamcatcher's films are his are his slide presentations. Right, the, right. Wacky as the day but is he long. goes into the Captain N connection with with Paperboy, um, and but now I something interesting. I don't like playing Paperboy on the original arcade console, like with the handlebars and really? stuff like that. I never got a handle on it. Ha ha. Um, you know, it's it's. It never felt as good as just using a joystick or using a control did pad. Did you play? Which one did you play first? The con, with the control pad. Uh, enough yeah. said. Yeah. I, I will say when that paperboy came out in the arcade, I, we were all like, "Look at this!" Because that was something a little more unusual. Yeah, and this was during that golden period in, in Atari, and you know, it was a golden period in game development where Atari actually told their developers do something completely different that's never been done before. Yeah. And now in game development, it's do exactly what makes the most money. You know, and Paperboy's super unique. It is. I mean, really, I can't think of another game that was like it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this came out. I think all of these were. Is this system like System Two or something was, like yeah, that? Yeah, it was one of their one of their earlier ones. Yeah, but one before. I think it was before. It was one after Marble Madness, but it's. Right? It, I think Maybe it's the it same. I, I think it's sure. the same system, but like 720 was part of that too. Yeah. I think, and so just really cool. It's games. sharp. Yeah, it's sharp and colorful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you look at it now; it still looks great. Yeah, you know, and, and it ported well. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thunk that? I remember for years I could never get across that second highway to get to the targets, <laughs> and I knew I was like, man, this, that looks cool up there. I could see the beginning of it had to get mm-hmm. ran over. It's cards. <laughs> the timing was unbelievable. But they ported this thing to like everything. I mean, mm-hmm. it had handheld releases, and it had multiple releases on multiple systems. Just a just a great game, yeah. iconic yeah. game. I think Dreamcatcher had one more release this week, but it's been repeatedly destroyed by the YouTube censors. <laughs> yeah. So we're working on that one. So be be on the lookout for a possible release of a new Fright Night video by Dreamcatcher. So look for that. All yes, right. because. People are clamoring for more Fright Night coverage. <laughs> That's right. If you couldn't get it, if you were hungering for more after our delicious review of the game. It's funny. I was talking to a new girl at work. About Fright Night? Yes. We were talking about Scarefest, and I was like, hey, were you there the year they had Fright Night? And she was like, yeah, I was there that year. I was like, did you go to the Fright Night form? She's like, eh, I'm not a big fan of Fright Night. <laughs> 
was like, what? I can't believe that she'd even know what Fright Night was. How dare That's a... You heard of Wizard of Oz? <laughs> Wizard of Oz, Fright Night, up oh, here. Oh, okay. So okay. high that my hand went off the screen. Wow. That's how high it was. Wow. Don't, don't... Just, you never know what you don't know. You ready to hit the main event here? You got anything else? I am. So we're going to talk about Dune today. And before we go on, we should mention that Dune was chosen by one of our Amigos Game Selection Committee members on Patreon. So if you choose to support Amigos at the Game Selection Committee level on patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast, you too can choose a game that will be the subject of an Amigos episode, just like Treyguard 1982 did with Dune, a.k.a. Adam Battersby. You should probably go ahead and mention the uh, chat angle. Yeah, that's a uh, thank you for for bringing that up. I would almost forget. Uh, we've added a new uh, incentive uh, to join us in the Patreon fold. Um, that we have, we now have a Discord server. Uh, so if you uh, if you sponsor us at any level on uh, Patreon, you can join in on all the fun Amiga chat. Uh, we have, let me throw it up here on the screen real quick so you can see, we've got channels where we're talking about Amiga, retro gaming, modern gaming, uh, various projects that mostly revolve around main machines, uh, programming and coding stuff about Amos, a lot of things, yeah, a lot of things I don't understand, uh, but you know, we've already got a, a pretty big community of active chatters involved, so uh, we'd love it if you could come join us over on the Discord, so uh, just one more reason you should think about supporting Amigos on Patreon. We get a lot of action on there, don't we? Bro? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have to say, I, I, not, I had not used Discord before uh, we started this little gimmick, and it's good. It's a good service. I really like it. You mm -hmm. can do a lot of neat stuff on there. And there's, there, you know, if you're already, lots of people are members of various Discord communities, and they all live in that sidebar, so you can switch back and forth. It's, it's sort of like IRC, but updated for the new generation. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. plus, who doesn't want to chat about Amiga during night? All day, plus, all other night. other games. It's just, it's a free-for-all. It there. is, it is. All right, Aaron, it's Dune time. Let's talk, let's discuss, if we may, a little bit about Dune. Now... I will say, before we begin, and as I've mentioned last week when we talked about the, doing this game, I have not seen the movie, nor have I read the books, uh, nor had I played either of the Dune games on the Amiga. That said, I took a crash course in Duneology <laughs> from my buddy at work, who is a big, he's read the books, he loves the books, he, he's seen the movies. And so... In case, because it's sort of pertinent to the game, so I'm going to give a little brief synopsis. Now you've seen, you have seen the movie. I've not seen the movie, but I read the book. Okay, so you step in if you hear me screw up, and this is going to be super brief. Okay, so <clears throat> Dune. So in the in this world of Dune, in a world, <clears throat> in a world, um, there is a the way intergalactic travel is done requires a. A substance, a substance called the spice. Spice. It's only found in one place in the entire universe, and that's on the Dune planet. The Dune planet's a water-free desert planet, and people mine the spice. And I'm not going to go into what it does, but it, it basically they use it to make these guys that navigate people through space. Okay. So um, in the movie and in the game, you, uh, your character is tasked with. Uh, they're plopped on this planet after another uh, family or house is kicked off mm -hmm. and you're tasked with cranking up the production of this spice. And so uh, people have to have this. And so if you don't do a good job, they will kill you and they will kill your whole family. <clears throat> so that's, that is the premise where this game sort of takes off, right? You are put on the planet <clears throat> and your job is to go around and... Uh, Get people to do the work for you. Get people to uh, uh, build, be your forces, your troops. And the number one thing is to make this spice. Because so, as the movie says, he who controls the spice controls the universe. Right? I believe that was in the film. So with that in mind... Uh, is Horatio Sands in this movie? I haven't seen the movie. Oh. <laughs> is it the name? Uh, yeah. I was just What's the guy that played, Remember the guy that played the Warlock and the Warlock films? Wasn't his name Sands? You mean uh, the the guy? No, I was thinking about Willow. You, I don't know about the Warlock. Movies. You ever seen Warlock? No. Is that a movie? You never seen Warlock? It doesn't. Sound oh, real. dude, it's great. You should go watch that. No, it's a come on. You know someone to come up with a movie named Warlock. It sounds too generic. There's also a pinball machine too. Anyway, I digress. So, this game came out in the uh, wacky year of 1992. Uh, 
so it was developed by a, an outfit called Cryo. Now we're going to get to these guys later because their story is bizarre. Uh, they only did two games on the Amiga. They did a game called X-Tase. E-X-T-A-S-E. You want to try it? Does that sound right? X-Tase? Sounds good to me. And they did KGB, which yeah. is a much cooler sounding name. Yeah. Uh, three big discs on this one. It's a big dog. Published by Virgin. Now, Virgin, of course, has done a lot of stuff that we've covered, including Golden Axe. They did Silkworm, Iron Man, Stewart. They did a ton of stuff. So, Virgin, big publisher. Um, and this also had a, a, a budget release, and it was part of a pack, which I'll get to that later when we get into the eBay stuff. Um, this thing was made in, in France. This, this is an outfit that was French. Um, and a lot of the guys in, that did this game worked on uh, a couple similar titles, similarly weird on the Amiga. Um, several of these guys worked on Purple Saturn Day, which we've talked about briefly. It's sort of a, uh, have you ever played Purple Saturn Day? Sort of a weird intergalactic summer games, I guess would be the best. Okay. And I mean. That sounds good. It's weird. It's a weird game, a very alien game. They also a couple of these guys also worked on uh, Captain Blood, which is another sort of a weird game. Um, uh, this game worked on ECS, OCS, and it really um, it only got ported to a couple platforms. And there's a reason. It was a, there was a PC version of it, and there was a Sega CD version of this that came later. Uh, it should be noted that this game. Uh, also released when when the uh, when the Mega Drive CD version came out, they were so impressed with the soundtrack that they released a audio CD of the soundtrack. Kind of neat, kind of unusual. Uh, this is one of the early games that went that got moved from disc to CD with and and with some success. Okay, and it you know if you as we've played it, you can see how that would happen because. It has a lot of things. You can see where they can fit content from a CD on here, you know, for movies and for audio and whatnot. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> why don't you, I'm going to let you describe the gameplay in this because it is varied and extensive. Okay. Well, um, the game is a cross between several different genres. Um, you spend a big part of the uh, time, especially early game, um, going between different outposts on the planet to talk to people to get information um, and to convince uh, these these sort of different factions to work for you. Um, and once you do that, then you you know once you convince somebody to work for you, then you take off in your ornithopter. All of your transport in this game is done through ornithopter, um, and you go to a different place and do the same thing. In between that, you go and you go. You're a prince or a, some sort of royalty. You go back to the palace and you confer with your family and all these things. And what you're basically building toward is your developing um, you know miners that they're mining the spice where you have to watch the production and eventually you start converting those miners to military units in which you kind of engage on this very low level combat or spying on on other on other factions that are going on at the same time in the planet this is about the extent of what I've been able to glean from playing this game for about an hour. Um, there's it, it moves very slowly at the beginning, and with without um, without a lot of documentation, it's really a hard thing. I was very fortunate to be streaming this with the chat, and the chat really knew what was going on. They were kind of guiding through, guiding me through what I needed to be doing. Uh, I actually, um, you know, I, I made it up to the part where I had a pretty good spice production racket going. But even when I went back and watched a long play, and speedrunning this game still takes five hours to beat it. So this is this is not a short game. It was still hard for me to see exactly how combat works. So I was hoping that maybe through your research you might have uncovered a little bit more about that side of things. Well, first first things first, I, I can tell you, I, I spent a lot of time milling with this. And, I mean, I'll, I'll shot a video. It's much like the game we talked about earlier, Popeye Wrestling. I shot a video for this, and it was so hapless and pathetic that I could. I was like, I can't use that. Uh, at first, I was. It was a lot like like drag racing. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. And now, once I, my buddy told me what was going on in, with the film, it helped, so I could understand what exactly you were after. So, early in this game, the first the first, the strategy is the first thing you need to do is go out and talk to uh, what are called the Freemen, mm -hmm. which are the uh, humans that live and mine on this planet. Uh, they're not native, but they live there. 
<clears throat> and, and you could tell them because they've got blue eyes. The longer you're on this planet, the more spice you're exposed to, your eyes become blue. And so at first what you're doing is you're going out and you're trying to uh, recruit these freemen to work for you in spice production or as a soldier. Eventually you have to uh, obtain, and pretty early on, you have to obtain these special suits that still suits. Still suits that that you have to use to walk on the planet's surface, and the premise of this, I gotta say, I may have to watch this because the premise of it is pretty interesting. Where the planet's so dry and there's so little liquid <clears throat> that you have to wear these suits that capture all the liquid that come off your body and mm -hmm. recycle it into drinkable water mm -hmm. in the suit. Kind of neat. And so there's a there's a portion of this where you have to go and talk to the guy who created these, who co will make you these suits, and he ships into the castle. Then there's a part where you have to uh, get one, uh, one of your cohorts to get in your ship with you, and you fly around, and he'll he basically is spotting out of the ship, and he'll spot these various points that you can land on. Mm -hmm. And when you go there, there are guy, there are freemen that live right. there. Right. So you let's can recruit. Uh, them. Let me stop you right there because uh, transport in this game is interesting because when you get in your ornithopter, it's not like you just uh, go to the, a map opens up, you click on it, and then you land. You actually see your ornithopter traveling in what I like to describe as a mode seven kind of way because it sort of looks like early Super Nintendo titles that like pilot wings or something like that where it's a behind the back sort of look as you see the landscape coming, you know, the desert landscape travel beneath you. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. And um, but when you when you, you when you've got this guy, uh, sometimes you'll just want to say fly east. Um, and that's that's what in addition to picking out a particular place, if you just say fly east or fly north, then that guy, that's when he'll stop you and say, oh, stop here. Here's where, here's where something's going on. Right. And the funny thing about it is, first of all, we should probably explain what the ornithopter is. You want to, It's kind of like a dragonfly helicopter. That's yeah. That's the best way to put it. It's pretty cool looking. It is. It looks awesome. You know, actually. Now, having not seen the film, there's a lot of, one thing that sets us apart is it's not just a strategy game. Or, or it's, it's a, I mean, it truly is an adventure game. Mm -hmm. And what makes it an adventure game is your interaction with characters. Right. Like the, for example, the palace is full of people. Yeah. And you're, and the funny thing is, when you first talk to them, they introduce themselves effectively too. So, like, I am so and so, your father, or I'm so and so, your mother. You know, and it sounds, I mean, it does sound dopey, but I mean, That's for someone you, yeah. like me, I was like, okay, thank you for right. telling me what's going on here. It actually, it helped. Um, so, and there's one guy in there, and I guess he's the, uh, he's the guy that tells you about your production. He's, oh, every time you talk to him, he goes, remember, spice is important, to, to, you know, for space travel, we gotta have a ton. And he says the exact same thing every single time you talk to him. It's over and over and over. I just want to punch that guy. Uh, <coughs> and I don't know, at some point, maybe in the game you can get far enough where you can. But once you, once you get to the point where you've got your spice production geared up, all right, you have to meet certain quotas from the emperor. Mm -hmm. The emperor is a jerk, and he always is on you. They're always wanting you for more and more and more. And so, one thing, now again, not seeing the movie, but you read the books. I know my friend told me that as in the movies, as Paul, who is your the title character, or not title character, but the main character, as you go forward, he develops certain powers through the spice, and he is. Sort of, he has been foretold that he would be there, and he would, and he gets powerful, really powerful. And and again, I didn't get to the end of this, but from what I was told at the end of the at the end of the movie or in the book, he effectively takes over the empire. That's he's, right. He's the man. That's right. right. And he has mental powers that are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. He can do anything he wants. Uh, so you also sort of follow him on that journey because in from what I read, and I didn't get this far in the game, but I've watched the playthrough and and, watch, and reading some stuff on it. After a while, you can actually, uh, you can actually use you get you gain these powers, and you can do certain things. Like it makes it easier to travel around, or it makes it easier to talk to people. You don't have to be, you don't have to do all the traveling all the time. So that's kind of cool that they in, they implemented that aspect of it. Um, basically, you there's a there's a uh, there's a balance you have to strike between mining and and fighting and miming and miming and miming. Yeah, you get out of the glass wall. Um, to me, this seemed like again, given the week we had to prep this thing, uh, it seems like this is a game I could sort of get into. I'll tell you what first. This is a lot. Again, not that 
not to do a callback to another show, but it reminds me a lot of Dragster. When I first booted this up... Right, and if you're, if you're wondering why we keep making Dragster references, it's because our other podcast, ARG Presents, we covered two of 2600 games, Dragster and Cosmic Right. Park. And so, much like Dragster, when I booted this up, I just sat there. I, had, I was like, what God's name am I supposed to do? And so I just took my... Thornicopter, Hornicopter, whatever it's called. Hornicopter. And, and I can't even say it. It's an O2 artifact creature with flying. And I, I just took it out in the desert. I was like, I'm just going to drive around. Well, I got killed. <laughs> no idea where I was going <laughs> or what to look for. So you have to you have to go through all the dialogue boxes. It's one of those games. You do get certain options that you can take in the you know when you're making your choices, which is kind of cool. Um, and you, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if there's a specific order in the way you have to do everything. You know, it seemed like it was pretty. Um, it seemed like there was a, a certain way you were, I was doing stuff, but maybe I, you know, I didn't get that far, so maybe I was doing it wrong. Uh, but uh, um, you know, once you get into the combat aspect of that, and I barely scratched the surface. I tried just to say I did. Um, you know, you're getting into what basically you're getting into a, uh, something in the neighborhood of a real time sort of a strategy game, which not my bag. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and I showed it on this. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, from what I've, when I, from what I read, you know, if basically you amass an army, you go after another guy's army. If you've got more, if you've got more action, if you've got bigger amount of troops, you're gonna, you can take him out. If not, you're probably gonna lose and take heavy losses. This game is deceptively deep. I mean, I was looking. I at, wouldn't call it deceptively deep at all. I knew it was deep from moment well, one. Well, I thought it was pretty deep, but when I really started getting into it, watching playthrough and read, I mean, it really is a lot going on. Yeah. there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And we knew this was going to be a tough one uh, when we when we first you know had a look at. it. I was like, man, this is going to be a real real hard one to deal with. So um, the funny thing is that really to me the interesting parts of this thing are the actually behind the scenes stuff. So I mentioned this before. Uh, the outfit that called Cryo that did that did this game. Um, they <laughs> they basically competed with another outfit that did Dune Two. Okay, now, first of all, we should talk about Dune 2. Have you ever played Dune 2, Bo, no. at all? I had heard a ton about Dune 2. Me too. 2, I've right? heard a ton about it, too. It's supposed to be the the mother of all real-time strategy games. Right, or, yeah, real-time, real-time strategy. strategy mm-hmm. games. And it was supposed to be this big deal. So, Cryo, uh, they had the idea for a Dune game. And, I mean, and there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. But the long story short, Cryo started doing this game. And they had a lot of rabid Dune uh, fan boys that were working on the game. And it was, but it was a long. It was taking them a while to do it. So, their publisher basically said, "Listen, they basically gave up with Cryo, and they went to Westwood and said Dune game." And so, Westwood began basically parallel work on Dune Two. They were released like a month or two apart. I mean, it's not like Dune One came out and then like Dune Two was out like two years later, yeah. right? And this game has sort of the distinction of being. The best ever Dune game for about a month, <laughs> and 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 what that means is basically uh, no one talks about Dune. They always talk about Dune Two, mm-hmm. right? I, having not played Dune Two, I couldn't tell you if it's better or worse, but I mean, it's certainly probably a lot different. This game has a lot of character in it, and what I like about it is, I mean, there you can tell a lot of time has been spent uh, researching. A lot of time has been spent on the graphics. I mean, everything in it, it looks pretty tight. Uh, the uh, the uh, gameplay itself is pretty interesting. I don't think I've ever played a game quite like it, you know. And uh, I wish I was more into the subject matter, you know. But it sort of made me kind of want to see Dune now. I watched about 10 minutes of Dune turned off 20 years ago. But, I'm you know, I could see me getting back into it. The added bonus of this is, is Cryo was sort of known for putting out just utter garbage. Now, I've got a list of some of the titles here. And the funny thing is, I've heard of a lot of these. Um, and some of them I thought were okay. But, I mean, I, they're renowned for just putting out really... People describe them as people that were very passionate about trash. Like, they would put out games that really put... People put a lot of... Uh, they, that Like John Waters. Well, yeah. I guess so in a lot of ways. Yeah, I suppose so. Um they were they were behind stuff like uh, Mega Race, for example. Do you remember the Mega Races? I remember Omega Race. No, 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 no. These were like car racing games that were out that were very prominent during the era of CD-ROM acceptance, mm, right? Okay. Uh, they put out a lot of games based on like I guess like public domain 
stories, you know, like uh, 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 Atlantis or something like that. Just you know, and they they'd put out a CD game, and they were a lot. They were known for like these sort of like mist clones. If you ever played Mist, where it's sort of a nicely rendered game, the puzzle game effect. You ever played Mist? Oh well, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, hey, not everyone has, but. Uh, think of like the Kmart version or the mm, blue light special yeah, version that's what these yeah. guys are known for they did linger around for a while amazingly a long time and they ended up being picked up by an outfit called Homesoft uh, from Infograms in 2002 and then they filed for bankruptcy in French courts soon thereafter so they unfortunately they they but I mean 2002 not too bad all things considered. good run uh, but you know this is one of those games and we talked about this with syndicate too where I don't feel like, uh, given our constraints, that we fully delved into it. But on the surface, and, and at least for the, 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 uh, uh, the, you know, I probably got to put about five hours into this thing on and off. It was, uh, it was interesting. It got me into the story, and it, I could see why people would be into it, and especially if you're into Dune. Uh, the, uh, the characters in it are interesting, and the concept... Of a planet like this, I mean, you know, when I go over the story, there's a lot of subtext and stuff, and a lot of it's in the game. You know, there's stuff going on with the Emperor. There's a reason why the original house got kicked off the planet. Those guys are still around. You've got to fight them in the in the game. You know, and they're super duper evil too, a real evil. Uh, another thing in this game that, uh, and in the movie that was wacky is that when I mean, when people die, people their w- water gets harvested from. They just squeeze them mm-hmm. like sponges, mm-hmm. basically. And uh, you and you can uh, you get a ticket if you like kill someone, for example. They'll give you a ticket for that guy. The amount of water that guy added to the cistern or whatever. It's a crazy Which, world. For that's, sure. that's a neat concept yeah. that you give a ticket that says I get a cup of water. You know, the thing that sticks with me with Dune is that it wasn't. It's not your typical, you know, action fantasy story. This is a very political and a very thoughtful economics. This guy really fleshed out the world. Yeah, I mean it's. The, just my buddy was talking about this, and the, the amount of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, his mother is has sort of like witch powers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and that comes to play in the game. She'll make these predictions, and she'll she can sort of like she can will sense, people. Yeah, to, she can sense secret passages in the palace. Right, yeah. and that's in fact that comes up pretty early. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got to that part where they and you there's like a control room in there. Right, um, <clears throat> but in the movie, my buddy said she could use like. Almost like mental influence on people, so like the force or whatever, you know. So that's kind of interesting. And that the aspect of the spice, what it does, the big worms in Dune, um, <clears throat> which you've seen, are called spice worms. And they're if you watch the opening of this, they pop up out of the desert, and they are they effectively they're the things that make the spice. And these things are like stories and stories tall, mm-hmm. you know. And they're I mean and. The, on on the planet, when you mine stuff, you've got these things called thumpers that come out and they hit the ground to lure the worms away from where the mining's happening. And when the worms get near the mines, you got to get them out of there. The worms come up and eat them. Mm-hmm. It's like getting eaten by something that's like four blocks wide. Right. And as you get onto the game, and I, I saw a guy doing this, and I was like so envious. You get powerful enough to ride those things like a horse. Mm-hmm. You know, and it looked awesome. I was yeah. like, man, that looks really cool. I kind of wish they would have done a little more with that three D. I mean, I don't know if the, they get to the point where you actually... I don't think there's any sort of like starship-style combat or something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the engine they use that little, is pretty good. It's mm-hmm. pretty smooth looking, mm-hmm. you know. So I'll give them credit on that. But, you know, overall, uh, um, I thought it was interesting. It was it was more interesting than I thought it would be. Yeah. I was I was a little worried about this one. But I, I had a good time with it from what I got to play. Well, I'd there, probably come back to There was one it. thing you didn't mention, and that is the Tolkien-Dune uh, connection. Which I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know Aragorn's race, don't you? He's one of the Dunedine. Is that a stupid pun? No, not at all. What? <laughs> so let's talk about reviews. I review that joke at a negative mail. <laughs> Where, where's, where's that fr- French magazine when I need it? Right Amiga now? Joker. Amiga Joker. So the reviews on this were they were pretty good. Um, Amiga Action gave it an 80s. You know, a lot of 80s in here. Uh, I don't think anyone really killed it. They didn't. I mean, none of the, none of my uh, stuff. It got it anywhere from a ninety down to an uh, seventy nine. That's not bad. So a solid B mm-hmm. B title. One I, thing that we didn't talk about that I can't believe you didn't mention. Okay. This is probably 
We, this is Amigos episode 132. Okay. Okay. Gosh, that many, eh? Yeah. Um, this is probably my favorite music from any game that we've ever reviewed. I love the music in this game. Do you it, remember it at all? I do. Well, I mean, it got a CD made when it got put it over to the you know to the uh, Red Book audio. It's very good. It's very good. I love the music. In fact, as I'm as I'm going to edit this episode tonight, I'm going to play music. Uh, I'm going to play the music from this game as I'm editing the episode. I can't oh, wait to listen. to it I will again. say this: uh, the guys that did the music, one guy I don't I don't know how much of a part he played was a guy named Alexandre Ekian. He, he did the music for KGB, but the other fellow, uh, Stefan Peak, uh, did the music for Bubble Ghost mm. um, and Bubble and Cult. Cult's another weird game. Everything around these guys is weird. <laughs> uh, at Purple Saturday, and and also did Warlock. He did a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so the musician had the most Amiga work, and there's a reason. Yeah. You know, it's solid. It's I, I don't know. I'm not gonna say it's the best music I heard of any game we've covered because well, Turrican you... Two is awful good. Turrican Two is pretty Shadow good. Share the Beast is awful good. Uh, not my bad. Um, there's a lot. We've heard a lot of good tunes. I'll tell you something that has great music is uh, Pinball Dreams. If you listen, to those uh, those tunes are great in there. If you listen to our Pinball Fantasies, even better. So, so I mean, of course, those guys were uh, those guys were dudes that did uh, demos. So you would expect that, mm-hmm. but yeah, the music is good, and I, I got to give a nod to, like I said, the guy that did the graphics, the profiles. Um, they're sharp. I mean, it's 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 like someone took one of those old graphic adventures and just smashed a strategy game up in it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it, it really works. Well, like you know, they didn't have to animate these still frames. They could have just had the text pop up in a bubble. There was a there's a lot of small touches like that that I really appreciate. Yeah, and and the interface was was. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, one thing we didn't mention also is that the game has an in-game reference guide. Uh, if you click on the book in the GUI there, you can read about different aspects of life on the planet, different characters and things like that, which is pretty cool. It was pretty rare for games to have that stuff in-game at this time. There's a, Everything I read told me that the guys that worked on this were like huge Dune geeks, and that that's one thing that really comes through. You mm-hmm. can tell these guys really were into the... You know the books, and then the movie, and they and everything I've read that pe- people that are big fans of the book and the movie are, appreciate it. And are, There's even know. a day night cycle in this game. Yeah, it has it has a yeah sure actually has, has it keeps time, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It didn't help me any, but it's no. still kind of neat. Um, eBay, so it's fun. This is what this is what I want to touch upon earlier about compilations. I could not, and I know here comes Boat with his magical keyboard. He's gonna find this thing in a heartbeat, but I could not find. Anyone selling just Dune uh, by itself? The, what I did find were people selling the, a, a double pack of Dune and Power Monger, uh, and it was I found several of them. Uh, I found thirty-five bucks uh, U.S. Uh, coming out of the U.K., and some had sold recently, including in the U.S. Which I'm wondering. I'm assuming that this got a U.S. release. That's an odd combination because Power Monger was a bullfrog game. Well, I've not I've not played that's, that's Power Peter Molyneux. Is it? Yeah. Um, it's the uh, the compilation was sold for twenty bucks in the U.S. a, a couple mo- a month or so ago, half month, and thirty bucks in France. So you're looking at if you can find the the double pack, you're probably looking at somewhere between the thirty and forty buck mark. The uh, actual just the game itself, like I said, I didn't I didn't see anyone selling it or having sold it in the time frame. I looked at one, uh, and I like the box too. It's kind of it's kind of cool looking. It's it's uh. I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of stark, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of neat. Uh, but uh, if you've got one, you may have something. Like I said, I have no idea what the price would be on now. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Um, as we wrap up our episode, uh, I'd just like to remind everyone to uh, follow Amigos on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, plus our ever-expanding Google Plus presence. Hey, almost up to I believe two fifty. You can also join us in the chat. Uh, we record most Fridays live around 5.30 Eastern, just like Treyguard, Dazzly, Laurent Giroux, uh, Pixels at Dawn, Pishbot, Henrik. 
uh, all kinds of folks hanging out with us. Paul in the chat. Uh, so uh, make sure, you know, it's always a good time. Sometimes the chat is more entertaining than the podcast itself. Uh, so, uh, you know, feel free to join us on YouTube. One thing, Aaron, um, is that there are some people that are subscribed to us and they say that they never get notifications of when we go live. Uh-huh. Just wanted to tell everybody a reminder, you've got to click the bell beside the subscribe button. That will send you an email notification whenever we're recording live. Uh, you'll get that notification so you don't miss Amigos and ARG Presents Live. Speaking of ARG Presents, that is a new show that we've just started doing. We just recorded episode two, which will come out this coming Wednesday. In this show, we talk about two games from a different system every week. So if you like our Amiga talk and you want to hear our thoughts on other games on other systems, make sure you subscribe to us at AmigosRetroGaming.com or you can go on iTunes or it's the same YouTube channel, Amigos Retro Gaming. So if you're already here, you're already here. Aaron, it's time to thank the Patreon supporters. Oh, okay. What well, okay. you got in mind this week, Bo? Well, I figured I'd bring out the old guitar. Uh-oh. And uh, I'm going to put this up. You know, the the list has gotten to be at a point where I can no longer read it off the paper. I have to... You should have it memorized, Bo. I know. I should. I was thinking about doing it backwards, but then that would be that would be too crazy. You should have like a $20 Patreon level, and if you, if you or 10 or whatever, and if at that point... Boat has to put your name in memory. He has to. <laughs> that would be awesome. What do you mean, like put it in memory? I mean, you have to. You have to have their name like memorized and ready at all times. Okay. Like we could quiz you. Okay. Like in the middle of the show, I could be like, "So Dune was great, and here's what boat. What's that guy's name?" And you'd oh. be like, "You know, Fred Smith." And if you don't get it, I get to punish you somehow. That'd oh. be fun. If you're interested in that, folks, please write in amigos at amigos podcast. See, I'm full of ideas. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Donald Tyler Level Lord, John Marshall Matthew Perone, Ricky DeRocher Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy C to see the slow Norris, Stefan Sorgan Mortensen, Evan Helen Belinda 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Rim Casher, Laurent Giroux, Graham Vibker, Bryn Dowdy, Lane Denson, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro Vintage, Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Anthony Jobs, Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Will Williams, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rule, TTHC, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Humbert, Stad, Daniel Bings, and Brittle Barracuda, Dan Coles, Justin Warren, Princess Don, Coburn, Barman, wasn't really able to get through as much as the song as I would have liked. Yeah. No, oh, you picked a good song though. Yeah, well, I needed you could have had a hundred. I know Patreons, and you could have gotten through that. I'm one. I'm keeping that one in the old memory banks for when our. Oh, that's when our, the one you're going to keep. We've got like, around six thousand uh, Patreon supporters. Then I'll be able to actually make it through the first verse. Yeah, we'll be able to perform that show from the from the beaches of. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be living big. We have six thousand patrons. That's true. That's true. That's uh, that's lazy game reviewer numbers. All right, Aaron. Next week we are going to take a look at um, everyone's favorite. Uh, it's sort of a metal slug clone, rough and tumble. Yes, we yeah. had a, we had a cup of coffee with this game, I believe, on the on the uh, marathon. Yeah, and this is a, a very well loved title, so uh, hopefully we'll we'll do it justice. Beauty. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, adios. adios.